Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller like me, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy. But first, can you do the thing that when, so we had a meeting one time with, for the film project, which we'll talk to you about, but, and we sat down, and the first thing, Elgin's like, so they were interested in El- Elgin, you know, so he's a star, and I'm sitting there kind of feeling like, why am I here? And he goes, do you remember it? Oh, Francesca's a motherfucking bomb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that so go without, like... went without saying, Francesca's a motherfucking bomb. <laughs> So I need, I need yeah. that all. <laughs> I'm just trying Thank to like okay, no, hang out and, in your and, wake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to do. So speaking of you being the motherfucking bomb. <laughs> are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So basically besides being this an amazing, honest, truthful, great book, it's also a bunch of names, like a listed list of names of dudes that I now want to go kick their ass <laughs> for being so clumsy. <laughs> And with your heart and with your soul. <laughs> and you. so I'm glad that you found the secret yeah. man. Craig, Craig, so don't Craig. fuck it up, bro. <laughs> no. Don't fuck it up. Nice. <laughs> um, but with writing, so dude, we'll start off easy. We'll start off with writing. I know I told this going to be a conversation, but what happens with Francesca, she's so sweet. So what she does is she deflects everything. <laughs> but now I have you in the hot seat, uh. so you can't. Okay? So All now right. I get to ask you questions okay. and you have to answer them okay. because it's the law. Okay. <laughs> So, like, every book that I've read of yours, and we wrote a screenplay together, two of us for Wheatsy Bat, which is one of the greatest experiences of my life, mm-hmm. and I learned so much, and we're still working on getting it made, and it's going to happen. But you, like, write these sentences that, like, destroy me, right? I think a lot of us who love Francesca feel that same way. It's like you just, like, want to swim in them, and, like, you read them again and again. Sentences, paragraphs... There's, uh, so there's a couple I want to talk about your writing process. So there's one in here where you're talking about a student, right, who's leaving. It's really simple. The student sounds like a little bit of a dick. Oh. And uh, <laughs> she, was be- she was being difficult. And she basically leaves your class or storms out of your class. Oh, yeah. And you say that she got up and left the room, dragging my reputation and evaluation points with her like a clattering string of tin cans. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> And then there's another one, which Only is... Only one student I ever had. Right, <laughs> one bad student. The rest of them. And then you have another line, which is one of the greatest lines I've ever read. It said, he sighed heavily with animal intuition. You're talking about your dog, Teddy. Okay, so basically, to set this up, Francesca's about to go to college for the first time, and her parents sit her down, and they have something they want to tell her. And so she says, it was summer, and the air lingered like a muse's breath on my skin. But I still clung to my dog, Teddy, for warmth. He sighed heavily with animal intuition, and his heart thudded against my hand. Irises filled a blue and white delft vase, their silky petals ridged with veins like those showing beneath the surface of my own thin wrist skin. I have cancer, my father said. Fuck. <laughs> it's like, that's what you do. You, like, lull us, uh, oh. right? And like a lullaby, and then you stab us in the heart. <laughs> So my question is to you, as from writer to writer, is, and I know there's other writers here, 
is like when I write, I feel like I have a rock and a piece of paper and I'm like slamming it against it, trying to make something of, you know, whatever and just beating it until it's a sentence. And I feel like when you put pen to paper, like butterflies fly out. So you make it feel really effortless. So that's my question. When yeah. you put pen to paper, do butterflies fly out? You know, it's so, it's so interesting because when, and I'm not deflecting, I'm really not, but She's this deflecting. is true. When I t whenever I talk to Elgin, he speaks in these metaphors like this all the time. Like just metaphor, metaphor. And I can't, like, I can't speak in them. I can write in them, though. Mm. So when I'm writing, they, they do tend to flow just because I've done it for so long. Of course, I revise and hopefully they get better. Right. But, uh, and I re revise a lot. But um, metaphor, that is a language that I'm used to and comfortable mm -hmm. with. But again, it's more, I think it is like when, for you, I feel like when you speak, that just happens, right? Like you don't sit there and go, yeah, it's like I'm going to say you're something. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I think it's just how it processes for me. That's why we make a good team. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and then now, so we got the easy question out of the way, let's talk about death. Mm. So there's so much death yeah, yeah. in this book. Yeah. The death of your dad, the death of your mom, the death of David Bowie, that's the catalyst of this mm -hmm. book. Actually, when we first started talking about this, and you told me that it was going to be based on, you actually talked about it in the book too, yeah. that it was going to be based, kind of like the spine was going to be David Bowie. Yeah, yeah. How did that change into this? So when David Bowie died, this is the story in the book, but when David Bowie died, I had this kind of... Um, Epiphany, and it was funny because anybody el I know at least one of you had this experience too. Anybody else here had like something happen creatively to them when David Bowie died? So it was like it was a very strange experience where I felt, and I, I'm a fan, but I'm not like somebody that followed everything, you know. Um, I just realized looking back after he died how many songs did affect me. So, anyway, it just kind of was the inst the as you say, catalyst that opened the door for me to start writing the memoir. And then, and I based a lot of it on him specifically, but then as I revised it, it became more a thread that wove through rather than about him. Right. So I, I, it, I went through quite a lot of incarnations actually with the focus being different things. But um, yeah. How did fun. you, because you talk about in here, because when I was a kid, like, death, I always thought about death. Like, I always yeah. thought about death. And in here, you talk about being a third grader, like, thinking about your dad yeah. dying, which isn't normal for a third grader <laughs> to worry about those things. Like, how does that, I mean, I know this is one of those questions you get answered, and it's, like, no real easy way to answer, but how does, what does death play? It's in, like, in uh, so much of your work. Yeah, I think it's that. It's that inciting incident where um, my dad, because he was so much older than my mom, for whatever reason, and probably had a lot of anxiety about it that wasn't spoken of. It's just, I was aware of it the way a sensitive kid is, right? And I was picking up that fear, and so I thought about it a lot. It mostly just about him. It wasn't so much other people, or, you know, it was really focused on him. And, um, and then after he died, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's really just, just that relationship because I was so in, so close to him and I felt mm -hmm. that. Um, and actually then I think it transferred, after his death, it transferred to my own fears about that and my own illnesses and things like yeah. that. So, yeah. So how does that work when you're like a mom? Because then that transfers because you have kids that you're... I, that it's, I am... I just don't let my brain really worry about that. Right. It's the one place where I'm really good and disciplined. That's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then I won't ask anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's good. 
Well, with that, like with your, because I think about with death, and I know when the people close to me have died, and including my parents, in some ways it kind of frees you up a little bit, because yes, it's weird. It's like the worst thing to happen to you, but at the same time, it's like such a gift. Yeah, absolutely. I felt that with both their deaths. Um, with my dad, I felt kind of. Um, I felt a, a lightness because he had been ill, so when he passed away, uh, I felt like I was going to be able to live my life in some ways uh, more fully without that fear. And um, it got complicated along the way, but there was that. And then when my mom passed away, it was a really beautiful experience. I, I talk about it like almost similar to the birth of my children, as strange as that sounds, but it was a, a really spiritual and beautiful experience. So, and it, and it made me feel a lot more brave about life in general after that. How do you deal, RK, with that? With death comes trauma, which so much of this is about, which is part of you being so um, honest and raw and real. Um, how do you, because that's what happens, right? Like we, our parents, it's like our great-great-grandparents had trauma, then they pass it down yeah, to us. Yeah, I believe that. And then it just keeps going on and on yeah. and on, and it lives in us. Like how do you stop from doing that? How do you continue to be an artist and write great, visceral, raw, real stuff, but then also be a functioning human being that's in charge of like other human beings? I think that is how. <laughs> I, think that, I think that is how. Is I it? think that, yeah, I think that, like my darks, my, my kids don't really read my books or really pay that much attention to my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they, I think they respect that I'm creative and that I make money through art, but they're not focused on it. So I use it for me as the place where I process all those dark things. And then there's Francesca the mom where right. I don't need to, you know, it's, it's all kind of uh, compartmentalized in a way. So I think that's how. And I think it, it, uh, it for me, it's therapeutic. So right. I hope it makes me a better person's mom, whatever. Right, because yeah. you have some place to put it. Yeah. But how do you do, because I know of like trying, like our whole goal, right, is to be better and happier and better with people yeah. around us. Yeah. But then when you're an artist, I become afraid of like, oh, I want to heal and get better, but only so oh, much yeah, better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I want to lose yeah. what's fucked up about well, me because I'm afraid, then who will I be? <laughs> yeah. No, you know, that that actually is something my dad taught me because um, my dad was really happy uh, in his marriage to my mom and um, as an artist and as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, but he always was very creative at the same time and he believes strongly almost as a political statement like you don't have to be miserable to do it and I think in a practical sense the way to do that is to channel stress so you could be um, I mean there's so much maybe not trauma that you're if you know we reach that place in our lives where we're more at peace right but there's still so much stress in the world yeah, and yeah, it, you yeah, know right. right so you there's always that inspiration if right. you're looking so i don't think we need to make ourselves you know the goal i think should be to to be as happy as possible but to process everything darker through cre- the creative right work do you, I mean, do you I know. feel like you're at peace? Do you feel like no. more at peace? Okay. <laughs> but, I but, like, who but, are you right now? <laughs> but I feel like I'm much more at peace when I'm creating something. Right, totally. You know. Right. So, yeah, whatever it is, just doing, being active in that way. Well, that, so just like with muses, because obviously you talk a lot about muses in here too, and, and how important your mom was to your dad in that way. Where sometimes it seemed like there wasn't even room for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a huge piece of the the story and um, the role of the muse versus 
um, the being an artist versus being a muse. And the kind of, my goal was always like, why can't I be the muse? Well, I can't be, so I'm just going to just, so I'm going to be the artist. Which is cool. And cooler. of course, now I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, right, right, right. But um, I think, well, what about you with that, with so that she's relationship? Deflecting. I, she's deflecting. <laughs> well, your muse is sitting. <laughs> my muse is sitting here. What's up, baby? <laughs> um... Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, yeah, it is, it is important. But then you also want, she's also, like, I don't think I'm her muse. I don't think I'm her is muse. He? I don't think so, you know. I don't know, well, look at your shoes. My wife's a shoe designer, by the way, and she's also sitting back there. Um, yeah, but, yeah, well, it's also, your muse can be different things, right? Like, yeah. your muse is, now, obviously, Los Angeles is a muse yeah, to yeah, you, yeah. which is amazing. I talk about that a lot, for yeah. sure, place. Um, I talk about, um teachers, I talk about books, mm-hmm. uh, I talk about, um, I get friends and, and right. family, so I think, you know, it's, it, it, she, she can be everywhere, right? Right. Um, Weetsy Bat, obviously. Yeah, yeah, muse, right, too. I talk about the alter ego as the muse, so, right. you know. What's your muse now? Like, as a, I'm not going to answer for you, what's your muse now, Francesca? You know, the people close to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Okay, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Um, okay, we've talked about. Let's talk about life. How does it? How did having kids change you as an artist? I know how. I'm sure it changed you as like a human being. But how did it change? Or as both? Yeah. Um, as an artist, I. Oh, that's a good question. Well, I mean, I wrote uh, the Guarding the Moon, which is about my daughter, first year as a mom, and I actually. When that book came out, I brought her here. She was like this big and sat on my lap, and we did a reading here, which is so That's cool. Awesome. Um, so I had that ins- that inspiration, um, I, I, but I'm kind of drawing a blank on how it changed me as a as a art as an artist. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of keep them somewhat separately, except in terms of being inspired by the love I feel. But um, yeah, as a person, for as sure. A person, right. For a person, because you really have to confront, you know, your shadow in a different way, right. and how is that going to affect these people? And and unfortunately, it does. You know, no matter what you do. So, um, but I try to stay really conscious about it at least, and talk openly with my kids a lot about stuff. So, and they're you know they they're great. I mean, they've somehow come out really well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because they have an awesome person for a mom. A motherfucking bomb for a mom. <laughs> so you have, because you talk about here on page 176 to talk about your amazing writing, the way you describe after uh, Jasmine was born, your daughter. says, the baby was placed on my chest. Nothing else mattered. My heart cracked open like a pomegranate, spilling shiny red bittersweet seeds like blood that had been turned to light. Like that, yeah, it's and I still she had this like perfect like round head, and so I still always talk about how I still you know she drive drive her crazy because she's right. eighteen, and <laughs> right. I still talk about the baby's head. <laughs> right. <laughs> so blood turning delight, like that sounds like some sort of healing. Did you feel? Healed? Oh yeah, oh yeah. completely. Like I had lots of struggles with my relationship with my body in my mm-hmm. whole life, and there, and ha- when I had my daughter, it was like all of a sudden I'm just like I'm so awesome. My body <laughs> was just so awesome. It did this thing, and right. that, I was just so proud of myself. You know, right. so, but um, you know, then I went back to my craziness. But no, in that moment, it was re- really and still I think because I. Um, 
I felt just so lucky. And I, it was a struggle. You know, I had a couple of miscarriages. I talk about them in the book. And, um, yeah, so it, 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 and I was older, mm-hmm. but it was worth every bit. Yeah. Well, I think it's the same way of being healed, right? It's like that same, because I think about that as you go, I think as you just, you live long enough and like the world just kicks you enough in the throat. And then after a while, like you stop feeling things. And so that's what I think about when I think about being a parent or deciding to try to be a parent is to feel things again, right? To be able to feel joy, to feel things that we have to protect ourselves from in the world, which is also fucking terrifying because then you have to feel things again. Yeah, I mean, but but wonderful, right? I mean, right. you do you and you do go back through your life. I think um, I I think it was a little easier for me with my son and my daughter because the kinds of I didn't hadn't experienced the traumas that boys experience, right? right? right. So I could be with my daughter. I was, but luckily, you know, she actually kind of. Uh, had an easier time with a lot of of it than I did. Um, I think partly just there's so much more awareness in the the culture too. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, she wrote this poem about you know body image that just blew my mind, and I was like, I could never have even I never even saw these issues. Right. That right. she's you know writing poetry. So, so I think um, I don't know these kids. They just come from somewhere and somewhere they like, else, yeah. Right. It's just. So when you see them being healthy and sane, do you feel part of you gets healed, or yeah, do you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you visit your parents again through that, like their failings, their? Uh, what they I did mean, right? yeah. I mean, the, this book is some of that. Yeah, um, exactly. Just like looking at. You know, but but sure, I have more compassion for them because it's right. so hard to do it. So you know, I, I I feel like yeah, they were imperfect. Who is who is not? Right. Per, who is you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. All right, let's talk about the chapters in here that freak me the fuck out. <laughs> the decluttering. <laughs> You're talking about decluttering yeah. your life. Decluttering. That stressed me the fuck out. Like my jaw was clenched the whole time. Oh yeah, I mean that's how I felt yeah. starting it. And now it's like my favorite. Thing. Is it really? Yeah, but it's still it's still hard. Not not natural to me, but yeah. So so yeah, I had my mom's after she passed away. All, a lot of her stuff crowding my house, and um, I just could. I'm not good at organizing anyway. Mm. And then um, Greg was helping me to clear it. And at first, I was so resistant to it, uh, and then by the end, I was throwing like boxes full of journals into a dumpster like this and laughing hysterically. <laughs> <laughs> and then I told people some people and they're like, You threw what? You threw yeah, your journals? That's crazy. But like and I don't art know. and books. Yeah, and yeah, like, I threw away a lot of stuff. Because you know when people you love die, it's like like yeah. I have a grocery list that my mom wrote. Like with yeah, a little sideways yeah, yeah. slanted writing that's just yeah. like a religious relic. Yeah, I know, I know. And that's beautiful. And for right. some people I mean it, I don't recommend everyone do it. I just right. for me I, at that phase of my life. Did you feel like it was yeah. Ghost, like what was it? Like what did you feel? What do you feel free of now? I feel I, I partly I thought about my kids and I thought about what is it going to be like for them when I die uh, and they have to throw out all this stuff like I had to right. do and it's it's awful. Right. So it's hard. So I was like I don't want them to do that. So if I can do that, that was the biggest motivation. Right. Right. And then it just felt. You know, I, I could think more clearly, and I just I just you talk felt, about that. And yeah, like you feel like you could write better. Yeah, I think like, so. Right? Yeah, right. that's so, crazy. Still so. freaks me the fuck. <laughs> well, and then there's a you know the book. What's the, sorry, I'm just blanking on it. 
the book about this. Oh, the, the yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, any, yes. So, the art of tidying up. Is that what it's called? The art of, anyway, where you get rid of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so you throw you, shit out. That it's book, a really yeah. good book. But she, she talks about the um, feeling of, the, the, the terrible feeling that you get afterwards, and then you know you did it right. Because I, I have this shirt what? That I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have this shirt that I threw away, and I right. still go like sick to myself. Like I threw, or I had this kimono that I threw away. Like I feel you feel so sick to your stomach sick. that it's gone. You don't it's have gone. it. It's gone. I really? want it back. It's it's mostly with the clothes. I had really? this thing. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk oh. about your relationship to clothes. Yeah. That was like, the biggest thing we were writing Weetsy Bat together was the <laughs> oh, yeah. description. You could describe every single thing she was wearing in every scene. And well, then I had to be like, well, we can't have like a whole paragraph about just her. Yeah. I know. That's my favorite part to do. Yeah, I do. I know what she wears in every scene. And then the joke that is in this book, I remember what I wore like on my 12th birthday. And do you really? Because you, know, you, yeah. you say it so you really do. No, I that's actually crazy. can remember. Like you say a date. <laughs> not a date maybe right. but an event and I my entire life I can remember it's weird I don't I don't have a good memory about other I just remember crazy. clothes or weird random things but yeah that's the picture that I got and then you threw away your engineer boots yeah well oh, no I actually I actually um, sold them okay. and and someone I know bought them no way yeah Pony is Pony's not here is Pony here Pony bought them and I knew Pony, and it was weird. And I, how do I Did know? Did she know that? they were your boots, or? Um, I think they, I th no. Okay. No, and I think the person who owned the store told me that they bought them. So. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. That's cool. <laughs> if I'd known, I would have just gone around you and just bought all your stuff after you picked it <laughs> well, out. Well, I garbage. know. And if there's a movie, like we can't dress her in the. Oh yeah. Know, See. Original. That's sad now. That's what's so cool of reading this, like I said, of knowing you, but then also knowing Weetsy Bat so well and spending so much time, even with your parents, because you do something really interesting, and I guess, sorry, I don't know if I'm near, if you guys can still hear if I'm not near the microphone. Feels weird to hear my voice amplified. But um, I feel like I know you so well and your parents so well and all of that through working on Weetsy Bat. How it's like, it's like the same thing we're saying about using trauma as almost like sort of a mask. You've always been able to tell the truth. So I made a movie, and it was about me and my friend, and we left our homes, and we started this game together. And then I tried to write that, and pay them all weird and weird. And, uh, and then so I turned us into two 15-year-old girls, and all of a sudden I could be totally honest. I could talk about how I loved my friends. You know, I mean my friend, that I could talk about all that stuff. So I could be more truthful by saying yes. something kind of fictional. You've totally. been able to do that through magical realism yes, totally. and through all of your stories. Because with Wheatsy's you, and even this, it's like all oh, so much is just you in so many of your books. So what made you write this way now? And what was different? So first of all, all I want to say, Little Birds is the movie. So you have to see that movie because it's amazing. And that's how I met Elgin because I saw it. And I tweeted to him that I loved it, and then he tweeted back. Or that I was on Twitter for like a yeah. week because Twitter's yeah. awful. Twitter, yeah, he's Twitter never sucks. on Twitter. And the greatest thing happened to me. Literally, I was just like, 
Francesca Lee a block? And I looked at my bookcase, and there's like three books there, because The Hanged Man was the first book that I read. It wasn't Weetie like most people. Um, and then I bought everything else after, and I was like, oh my god, Twitter's amazing. <laughs> that was the only good thing to happen to me on Twitter, and then now I'm totally off. But, but that was, and then, but, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So anyway, so I fell in love with that movie, and then we met and, and talked about this project, but, um, so. And then was gone on, and we, you know, so we see each other just too rarely, but then we'll talk to each other. I was in New York, miserable at an event, like wanting to die and walk into traffic and it was like an advertising thing or something I'm the last one from FX is here and then it was great and I'm so thankful <laughs> but um, and then my phone rang or vibrated and it was you and it was just like every time we talk it's just like the angels calling oh, it's like I amazing it's cool and then I went off and we, it was great yeah yeah um, I forget the question now but it was about it was brilliant the question was brilliant. <laughs> it was about Weetzy. It was about being able to oh, tell the, the thing, truth yeah. through. So in the poetry class I'm taking now, and I talk about this a lot, but the uh, my teacher talks about the difference between truth and fact, mm -hmm. and how actually there's fact, but but literature elevates it to truth, you know, changes it, and it becomes truth through abstraction or, or what you did with Little Birds, right? Changing, by changing the characters to girls, you were able to get at the deeper truth of the story, right? right? So, I, so I love fiction for that reason and, um, and poetry for that reason. Uh, for this, it was harder because I didn't have that, um, but because I had interestingly written these stories as fiction, for so many yeah, years, it right, was kind of meta. It was like there was now I'm writing the truth based on the right. fiction, so it was an easier way in. But in general, I think I tend towards fiction over nonfiction because of that. As you say, right. the metaphor um, makes it a little easier for me to approach it. Like I tried to write a more autobiographical story about my life when I was younger, and it didn't work at all. So I, really? then I had to revise it with some more distance. I think so you need a little distance. You do. What made you write this now? Then? <laughs> I have a few people here who encouraged me to write it. Um, one, two, oops, sorry. I see another. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of stuck. Um, mm -hmm. And I just really smart people kept saying, you know, I think this would be something you should think about. And I didn't know how or, you know, I didn't know... It, if people would be interested, I don't know. It just seemed. And they're saying you should do a memoir. They're saying you should do like a memoir. book on writing. Okay. Well, and a book on writing. Okay. So I had these two ideas, and then I was trying to figure out like how are they related, and then I ended up doing the memoir part first, and then fitting the oh, the cool. writing guide, and it fit really well because the questions were sort of already part of my thinking, so they kind of meshed. But um, so I decided to do it kind of uh, that way. But then as I got the more I got into it, the more I realized that I, I have this really strong feeling about writing as a healing force and art as a healing force. And I thought this is the best way I can convey that message to the world. Yeah. So, so more than in, in fiction. So that was kind of once I started, once it started to flow, I got really excited about that part of it. And I hope that's the main thing, the main takeaway from it. I think that's with most of your writing, though, because you do it to heal yourself, but it heals so many people. I hope so. I mean, I think it always it, it always fascinates me when somebody will will say that, you yeah. know, like that how it affected them. So, but um, this is maybe a little more like concrete uh, guide to how right. to do that, and where I, I kind of take the role of the teacher or or saying, you know, be, you know, encouraging that 
that creative expression. I have this woman, Joan Darling, who's a mentor to me about directing, and she said, if you want your actor to give you 50%, you have to give like 150% of yourself. Oh, that's, that's exactly great. what you do when oh. they're like, you give so much of yourself, and then you prompt people to do that oh, too. That's fantastic. Well, I have this really cool quote in there about how you want to write. And it's with one of these dudes' names, Thorne, who one day I'm going to find. But um, where is it? What page is it? I'll find it. Sorry, guys. Hold on. Oh, here we go. You're, you're seeing X, right? So now you come on the Thorne. Um, and it says, On stage, Exine bent at the waist like a broken doll, leaned into whale with John Doe, their voices pure punk rock sex. You said, I want to write prose that makes people feel like this, I told Thorne. Visceral, to make you shake and sweat like music does. And that's how you fucking write. That's what oh, you do for people. Thank it's you. true. That's the goal. I mean, I don't know if you, I can ever get there, but that's always the goal. And, and I remember in that actual scenario, just like thinking how do you do that what is mm. that and I don't think it's. I mean you write you do music so right. I don't know if it's ever possible because it's so much in your body the, it the is. music as opposed to your just your mind and well that's what's interesting about the way that you write because I don't know if it's just being like a dumb dude but when I write it's just like I said it's like a rock and you try to make it as stark as possible you know what I mean it's trying to give, like bear it down with you do it's like I could never could it's just like a bird and wings and it's just you know it's weird so it is like a reflection of your soul not that you also don't have a really just <laughs> Francesca is also tough as shit let me just say this right them. now <laughs> she's like a badass fairy you know so I don't want to think there's also some concrete and rubble in there too which makes you so special you know but it is it's like that's what we want to do is like how do you how do you help people find their voice because I feel like I don't know how it happened I just sort of like stumbled upon it because I've been writing probably like a lot of writers here since I was a kid and keeping journals and I as uh, my friend and assistant Mara knows I don't know anything about grammar or English so she used to fix everything for me and luckily screenwriting it doesn't matter but I still don't know what anything is then that's how that became my voice is half my ignorance so how do you tell people or how do you help them find their voice or what is voice because you talk about it in the yeah I mean I think it's what comes abs like what you just said it's it's the imprint of the self <clears throat> so it's it's finding I just say write the way it comes out naturally don't try to sound like anybody else mm -hmm. don't try to second guess don't try to think you know um, how people will receive it initially just put down you right. being the more you you are and then you go back and you start looking at it critically and go okay so yeah, maybe some of the grammatical stuff is, is an issue for me. So I'll have my assistant, like, you know. Or, Thank you, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, maybe I, I don't use a lot of imagery, so that's something I could read this book, this writer that's really good with that. And so you start, but the initial voice is just, is the self, really. And I think it's living, it's, it's writing a lot, reading a lot, and living a lot. Yeah. And those three things create the voice. So, so. you see, because I was, I was going to ask, is there a shortcut? Because I know when people try to write, it's like anything. It's like you're just trying to mimic what you love or what you read. Yeah, right? which is great, to too, voice, which right? which can be great. I mean, there's these, you know, who is it that writes the, that wrote down, Joan Didion wrote Heming, Hemingway, right? Yeah. You know, copying down, like I, I, even just a little passage from Virginia Woolf, if I just type it out, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. like I feel, so I think, I think imitation is great in, to be in the beginning to just, you know, learn, but I think, um, filling up with that and then putting it aside and just being like, I'm just going to do me and, right. and see what comes out of that. 
Um, and I do think living your life, which doesn't mean you can't be 20 and have a, a, an amazing voice. Right. Um, but I do think, and a lot of people at 20 have lived a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So, but I do think the more um, experiences you can channel into that voice, the, the stronger it becomes. What part does music play in that? Because I know when we were doing a Weetzie Bat, song list yeah, together yeah. it was like so cool it was like yeah. so many of the same things and it was like it was rad yeah. you know it's interesting because um, I was somebody, uh, someone was asking me about in my influences and I have tons of literary influences but in terms of living people mm -hmm. it's almost all musicians so and I hadn't even thought of that consciously but I was like writing a list of them and it was almost all so I think that um, it it's the rhythm, mm -hmm. it's the um, raw emotion, mm -hmm. it's the, um, what else? I don't know. You know more about music. I feel like it's, uh, it's my experience going to hear these bands and, yeah, right. you know, the history of that for me. So, um, but for whatever reason, it, it, it's hugely, it's a huge part of the I think world. ethics, yeah. too, because I think it's two things. Mm -hmm. So I think it is, I think it's definitely rhythm, mm -hmm. it's the rawness, it's like a, um, when there's a shot in the project I was doing and it was really cool and the editor did the, the, editor did the first take of it and it's just it's in Little Birds when they're just running around wild, these two young girls. And, uh, and it was amazing. It was awesome. It felt so real. Like I captured it. And then she did the final pass and I'm like, this sucks. Like what changed from this scene? And it was that you do this thing in editing, if you're good, where you make all the sounds sound the same. And before it had all been chopped up. Oh, wow. And yeah. I was like, we got to go back to chopped mm -hmm. up because that's what feels right to me. It feels yeah. like Husker Du. It feels like something wow. like, and that's like your music. I mean, your writing is so melodious. Melodious? How do you say the word? Melodious? Yeah. We're going to say it's that. <laughs> um, but at the same time, has it's like Weetzie Bat is that way, right? But it also has this like fucking gristle and bone to it at the yeah. same time. Yeah, I hope I like that. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> it does. There's no question there. That's just a fact. That's just but, it. But I'm very. I'm. I know nothing about music really. Right. Like I just. I know what I like. Mm -hmm. And I. And I. But I'm totally not musical. Uh, my poor daughter. We would like my ex and I both have, can't carry tune at all. And we would try to sing her lullabies. And she's quite musical. And she'd just be like, Oh my God, stop. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I. But I just. It's just the the feeling of it. Right, it, like yeah, touches me yeah. in a different way. I mean, just the emotions, right? You st I mean, I cry at books too, but mm -hmm. I hear a certain song and I'm like immediately in a different place and, and tears pouring down my face. Right. So, and I that's crazy that. how art can do that. Like in real life, yeah. it's like so hard to touch those things yeah. sometimes, and then art just has this like fucking yeah. sneaky way in. Right in yeah. <laughs> Who has questions for Francesca? And Elgin, and Elgin. No. She's deflecting. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. So could you talk a little bit more about witnessing your mom's death? Oh, yeah. Um, I, oh, uh, yes. How witnessing my mom's death helped me to not fear death. Um, I mean, I write about it a lot in there, so I'll try to kind of paraphrase, but I think it was that. Um, well, it was it was very peaceful for her. So, uh, and my my brother was on one side, and I was on the other side, and we were able to communicate everything that we felt our love for her, and she was able to communicate it back. So, I was very fortunate to have that that uh, experience. Um, and it was, I, I mean, I guess it was just the the, and then I heard her her voice in my head 
speaking very clearly immediately afterwards for a few days. So I felt very connected to her. Um, so for me personally, the experience was very beautiful. Now my dad passed away in a hospital with two, you know, I, so I didn't get that moment and not everyone gets that moment. But if you, if you're fortunate enough to have that moment, I think it can be incredibly healing. And I don't know what it means, like what's next or what or why, but I felt the energy um, continuing on. She was just comforting me, like just just talking to me very, uh, like everyday, comforting, warm sort of voice in my head. And so, yeah, uh, um, nothing profound per se, but I just, so I, I had internalized her in whatever way you can talk about. Is that spirit? Is that just my imagination? Whatever, but it was still in me. So I do feel, when my kids were born, I didn't feel like... Um, Oh, hi, who are you? I felt like, oh, hi again. Oh, my God, thank you for coming back, <laughs> you know, to finding me again. So that's my, that's my whole spiritual belief system is right there. It's like the, the love that I feel for certain people, it's just always there. It doesn't go away. So, it's beautiful. Thanks. Yes. Um, in your opinion, um, what is it about... Why is the act of writing so easy? What is it? What is it? Yeah, I think it. Yeah, yeah, right. I know. For you've experienced it, right, yourself, and um, and I certainly have. I mean, there's book, The Midnight Disease, that I recommend. It's uh, about about hypergraphia, and it's um, the inability to stop writing, which when we have writer's block, we're like, I want that. <laughs> but um, this woman, she's a neurologist. She suffered a tragedy. She lost twins um, at birth. And she started just writing, 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 and couldn't stop. And um, later she recovered and studied it, and it became this book. And uh, did I say she was a neurologist previously? Anyway, so... Um, the idea is that there is a link between expressing, you know how you feel better just talking to someone, right? Therapy, talking to a friend. This is the next phase of that, which is, or maybe it's not as effective for some people, but when you don't have that person, you write it down. And there was proof that Holocaust survivors, the two things that helped them were writing down their, or writing their story and massage. Oh, wow. Which makes right so much sense, much. right? Yeah. That's like, wow. those are the things. So I, I, I mean, I don't know about the science, but I feel in my brain, right? Who here feels in their brain, oh, relief, like I'm writing and I feel better. You know, it's just, or whatever art form that you might have. Which isn't to say there aren't people that struggle with that. Not everyone gets that instant relief. Sometimes it causes more frustration, but uh, the idea of telling a story, I think, is, is inherently healing in that way. I feel sheer panic. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I feel sheer fucking panic. But when you feel, do you feel better when it's done, or do you feel some I do. relief? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's nothing better, right, when you get to go back and read something. Like, that's, like, the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. Getting it out is awful. Like, um, do you feel... I also don't talk to therapy, or maybe that's, maybe those are connected somehow. I don't like massages. I don't like to be touched. <laughs> maybe there's, like... <laughs> I need to read the book again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I think, I, I think that... Um, Right, I talk about this, I make it sound easy, and for some people it is really, really a painful process to, to just 
right? But I think that's because of chapter, I think it's three or four, which is banish the critic, which yeah, is totally. the reason it's painful. The only reason it's painful is because there's a part of your you that's saying, like, it's not good. Or what are people going to think? Or they're going to give me one star on Goodreads. <laughs> I'm going to better not write this book because I'm going to feel really bad. You know? So right. you just say, shut up, shut up, go over there, shut mm -hmm. up. You can come out later when I'm editing, right. and you can, you know, in a calm state, <laughs> behaving yourself, and you can tell me what you think. But yeah, I think I think that's the right. key, which makes it sound easier than it is, but I do think there's a piece of that. Yeah, and it's that's beyond, true. it's it's all of that, but it's also your parents, like, you having fun and being open, and them telling you to be quiet right. or exactly. shut up. Exactly. You know, it's exactly. like third grade being put, it's like so much stuff that's so inside of us. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, the whole... Uh, premise of this book is my dad saying you are a writer to me when I was in, in college, yelling it to me while he was very sick over the phone in the dorms while I'm crying because the teacher told me I wasn't, you know, they didn't like my poem. So who gets that? I was super lucky. Yeah. So this is what my version of like paying it forward with this book. So hopefully doing it. Yeah, yeah I mean, hope. Who else has a question? Secret man. <laughs> Yeah. Aw, oh, thanks, mm -hmm. man. What was it like working together? So, well, so <laughs> the thing is, like, I've been writing this script for, I'm not exaggerating, I started in 1986. In 1986, before the book came out, and I had boxes, <laughs> talk about things I threw away, boxes in my living room of like versions of it and I, I just kept trying I don't know I just never gave up I just kept trying and then like I finally get to this point that I think it's pretty good and I give it to Elgin and Elgin is like in, a, in two weeks just like boom 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 fix the whole thing and everyone read it and they're like this is amazing no that's not and no I no it is true it is true it is true deflect deflect no now you are no no I'm older and you can listen. <laughs> Although our birthdays, that's right, it's true. All right. Damn it. <laughs> but anyway, so so um, yeah, I, I think that uh, he took, I don't know exactly what you did. I'm studying screenwriting right now. Mm -hmm. So I think it has something to do, you said talk to me about the emotional beats. Right. And I didn't, I thought, oh, but they're there. But they were there in my head. Yeah. But yeah, they right. weren't there for the producer or, you know, right. like, so so there were those things. And then there was the cause and effect, I feel like, and mm -hmm. the action. I don't know. And it just had a muscularity that you gave it. And so I just think it, it came alive. I'm not exactly sure right. what what it was. What do you think? I mean. I think, uh, I don't know. I think it was just some pixie dust. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe like, I, I don't know, you know, um, because it was all there. Is literally, remember I said it was just going to be like Quezon. It like Vietnam, mm -hmm. I was going to go there and just hatch it, you know, mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, <laughs> um, but sometimes I think it was the yeah. same way of being, of like knowing you and being close, right, and then knowing Weetsy Bat and knowing all of the books of Weetsy Bat, and then, um, and with everything, is like as artists, right, we can't help not tell our story with everything that we do, which, 
Yeah. Maybe we're just self-involved. I don't know what it is. But, you know, but some might yeah. be working on something. You kind of like bleed into it as yeah, well. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's that and just us being close and be, you giving me the space like also like, you know. And also you, I think you put in things that were, that I told you about my yes, family exactly. or that are in some of the other books yeah. earlier on that she, um, that set the, the stage Completely. for it. So I think that was it. But I'm um, just reading yeah. about your dad, you know. Yeah, just yeah, doing you these put more. Deep, deep, deep Google searches on your dad. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. just, it was just awesome. You know, watching Forbidden Planet. Her dad was also badass, mm. as was your mom. Oh, and you talk yeah. about muses, like yeah. that's really interesting. And Mara actually read the book and loved the book, and she was talking about it, about how even with muses, right? Like usually it's about after Little Birds, everyone's like, oh, this is so amazing. The one of the actors is like, oh, she's you know she's your muse, and that felt so weird and like kind of misogynistic mm. to mm -hmm. me. Um, it just felt weird, and. Uh, but with that, with your dad, is like, but your mom kind of put aside her own artistic stuff yes. to be yeah. his muse. Yeah, for right? sure, for sure, which can be the danger of it. Right. Um, for, and what I saw and what I both admired and was afraid of becoming so, or, or not becoming, but l of losing that. I don't know, I just identified more with my father in yeah. that way. It's like the artist. And you went out and yeah. found your own muses. Yeah, which is yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. Bunch of, <laughs> bunch of dudes are going to get their ass kicked one day. <laughs> um, who else has questions for Francesca? It's more of a comment about um, Weezy, which is, uh, I, I, I think it could be a Netflix series because you have all five seasons already. That's true. You got eight episodes out of Can you call two. them? And, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. There you go. And now, you know, and he's the perfect showrunner because he already is doing that. Yeah, we got it. We got yeah, it. We can yeah. do this like. We can do this. Done. No, um, Tomorrow. Right now we're. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's interesting that <laughs> yeah. you wrote all of those books at a time when the way entertainment is now mm. didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like it's even though those books are older now, it's like this is their time. Weirdly enough. I mean, it would be because people are yeah. looking for that type yeah. of material yeah. to do all that streaming entertainment. And Maybe it's all here. You don't have to yeah. expand it. You don't have to change it really. It's Maybe like after we season. after we get the. Featured, then, then right. they'll do it. That'd be the dream, right? <laughs> but no, it's true. It's how the world has. That's what I feel like growing up punk rock, right? Is like the whole world is caught up with you. You know, even now, like everyone's all about punching Nazis in the face. Like we did that 20 <laughs> years ago, and everyone thought we were thugs. You know what I mean? It's like everyone else is caught up. And like there's this album yeah. by this band called Millions of Dead Cops, came out in 1982, and it talked about trans rights. It talked about police brutality. It talked about like it was just crazy. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm a kid. I'm like, oh, these are my values now. Right. And then it took the world however many years to catch up to it. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah, it's wild. So basically, the same thing mm -hmm. with Weetzie Bad. Like you put it out there, and which is beautiful because we make art. I say this all the time, you've heard me say it ad nauseum, but it's like, you make art because you have to get rid of all this stuff inside you, right? Because you're so in pain and fucked up and you have to let it out. And then when someone responds, it's like this, you like cry in the dark and then someone cries back. It's like the greatest feeling in the world. And you've had this whole oh. generation after generation, like, cry back. Oh my God, that's beautiful. Yeah, I, I feel like one of the, I mean, maybe the best thing about my career has been that, right? I've met my friends. This is how I met, like, 90% of you guys, like, is through my work, you know? I mean, how, how fortunate. So the more you can put out right. that, or, you know, that message, like you say, and, and receive, it's it's amazing. And not being afraid to do it, because mm -hmm. you're going to get people that don't get you, and that'll say all kinds yeah. of it, but you get all these people that do. That do, right. You know? More questions. Mm -hmm. um, hi, Kate. Um, talk about 
talked a lot about motherhood and how that affected you and if it healed you, but I'm kind of curious, did you feel like you had to heal your trauma to a certain extent before you could take on motherhood? Because at least for me, I'm yeah. almost irresponsible. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I don't know if that's like right, right. someone else when you're still... Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it never, you know, it never is going to be perfect. You're always going to have more, I feel. I've been in therapy, you know, most of my life, but I didn't find my amazing therapist until after I had my kids, actually. I wish I had. But um, I think that it's an ongoing process. And I think that what my therapist has taught me is a lot of the healing. It, there's always going to be what she calls misattunements. So you're going to have all. You're going to have conflicts. You just are. Your kid's going to be. You're going to have issues with your kid. You know. But um, it's able to repair them quickly. Able to say, you know, wow, that's my stuff. I love you. I'm sorry. You know. So I think she made me feel that it is safe to. Uh, be imperfect <laughs> and that it's okay because we are and that as long as you're on a journey to continue to to work on yourself it's okay so I don't I don't believe you have to be I mean I don't think it's possible right but being aware the fact that you are asking the question shows like so much self-awareness right I mean yeah <laughs> another question more questions who's got questions Oh, to, oh yeah. to get, you should to get tell them made? about the whole version. I mean, it's in the book, but tell them all the versions you've been through. Yeah. So the one that I, well, it was it was optioned by lots of different people. I wrote a version for Fox Searchlight um, that I had notes and direction that didn't feel, you know, it was a different kind of direction. Um, I did it for another. Um, Amblin had a script. Uh, I met with David Lynch. I met with or Tim Burton's company was interested. All these other people were interested. I just never it didn't go through, you know, for whatever reason. So every time I would just be like, okay, there's got to be a re. I mean, because people also say to me, it's sort of a no-brainer. I mean, it's a low-budget movie. People like the book, you know. It's um, so. I don't know why, but it hasn't been quite the right situation yet. But uh, I still feel maybe it's also the timing now, like you know what's going on with, for women in Hollywood too, mm -hmm. which he's a huge proponent. I mean, your whole crew was women for for Little Birds, mm -hmm. and I think even in your, all the heads, yeah, yeah, definitely. So I mean, how amazing! How talk about ahead of your time. So um, anyway, so I just think it's timing, and um, I don't know. Hopefully, it'll also happen. <laughs> so. Yeah. But you haven't given up. You yeah, know? I mean, that's, the, you know? that's the point like, of yeah. it. Yeah. Just because I kind of just see it, so I I don't know. I'm not even trying to not give it up. It's just there. And and I talk about in the book about this. I went to a psychic, and she said when I was really young, and she goes, there's this big project. Of, and I've, never, I've hardly gone to any. It's a couple of times. She said, there's this big project of yours that won't happen until you completely give up on it. And, of course, the problem with that is that every time I, you know, I'll, I'll give up on it and then something happens and I get excited and then I go, oh, I guess it's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> so, I just have so to not tell just, you when good things yeah, are happening yeah, about I it. I just decided I'm going to, like, right. just enjoy every little weird, you know, thing that happens around it and not be afraid. I think one of the things, too, with the script, too, because even you brought it up because you talked about producers. That was the other thing, I don't know if you remember, that we talked about is, like, not being scared and also not writing it for anybody. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, how do you get the best version? But also, I think you'd been through it so much 
also trying to get back to you of like not yeah. giving a fuck I'm yeah, just getting yeah, on the yeah, paper yeah. of how a lot how things and that's why I think it's like so great now because it's just more it's just you and I think I do that pretty well with fiction but I but because I haven't had a film yeah. produced I'm, I'm more like scared well I have to try to do this Everyone or that does. that's just the you game know? Yeah. but um, I do believe in that in terms of for writing in general is to, to be true to your own vision yeah. of it let the world come to you yeah yeah yeah, yeah I like that yeah. your question I think that um, allow allow it, um, and then look at it and see what. Because I think your subconscious is kind of trying to tell you something when that happens, and that may very well be the project to work on. But it also may be that the project you're currently working on will benefit from that. Like I had a student today; she's been writing, working with me for maybe two years on this novel, and it's like it's a kind of historical novel, and it's good, solid, you know, but. I don't. I never really felt her or the emotions of it, and she finally, after like a couple of years, she read this, and then she went and brought in an essay about this very personal stuff, and it was so, it was so good, and it was so emotional, and and I told her, you know, all this energy that you have in that piece will feed this novel. Don't give up on the novel per se, but put all that. Pa- so I have. I talk a lot about writing those important emotional scenes from your life if I'm not sure that's where you know what you're talking about but um, wherever your heart is and then seeing how they might fit or enhance the other project or maybe take over you know and be the project like you have no more about that topic than I do honestly I don't I mean I what do you think about that I mean I I, I don't I, I mean I don't about know. that or what do you mean what's the question yeah what what's exactly yeah. your work is so good mm-hmm. and your wisdom is so
writing and also through teaching and hopefully helping other people heal. I mean, I learned a lot of this from my therapist as well because she's a woman sitting in a room every all day long talking to people and profoundly healing them. So we all can do it our own way, I guess, is, is the answer. You know, if you can be out there fighting it, if you can be in your own environment fighting that way, um, facing it and expressing it. Well, I mean, that's what you do. I mean, even in this, it's like, so I talk about being so raw and honest, right? Like, you talk about your fears, you talk about your demons, you talk about how they still flare yeah. up constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you do that, and it's like how we started. It's like, and then you bleed that out, and then someone sees that, we read that, and then we're like, fuck, I'm not alone. And already you're a little bit healed. I you hope know? so. I mean, I do think it's, it's it, like, for me putting this book out there, I was really scared at the reaction at first because it, it is so personal. And then I thought, well, you know, I'm so vulnerable now that what can you really hit me with? It's mm. like all there. So, and then if anything... That's your spark of resistance. You know, yeah. That's your spark and then, of resistance. And then someone else will go, oh, wait, I had that happen to me yeah. too. You know, so... Yeah. See, she's motherfucking badass. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? It can be also more Bless personal. You. Bless you. <laughs> it can be more personal about yeah. your own work too. Yeah. Do you go out like thinking like as you're going through LA, are you like, yeah, I'm gonna set this thing up at the park, or do you like sit down and start writing and are like, oh yeah, like how does that? I think just from living here my whole life, it just kind of naturally, you know, comes out. But um, I, when I was younger, I would spend a lot of time roaming, kind of like discovering, and I think um, that's reflected in some of my earlier work. Um, like I had a gentleman come, the Penn Writer Fellows came to my house last night. There's five of these people, They're really awesome, and um, just to ch chat about writing. And this one gentleman said, you know, he'll go and see from Compton, and he'll sit on the the curb and watch the prostitutes and write about it and he's like do you do stuff like that and I'm like god you're so cool like I wish I did that I sit in my computer and go oh let me think about my past <laughs> so the more you can get out there and like engage it, the better for sure um, you can't always do it but anyway so I think I think but for me because I've lived here forever it just naturally calls up a lot of imagery and memories so yeah, you spent all the years out there anyway before. Yeah, when I was young, I, I did. I mean, I wasn't we necessarily watching prostitutes on the curb, but, you know, it's cool. <laughs> but yeah, the same thing of like growing and Greg and I were talking about earlier about living other places and I grew up in a small town and then you read L.A. in this magical way and it's just like, but also you have to look for it. Then once you get here, you're like, oh, this is kind of just an ugly city. Yeah, yeah, yeah you have to look for but it. You yeah. have to look for that magic. Yeah, and, so and anywhere. Right? Yeah, anywhere, yeah. yeah. So... Right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And then oh, she was cool. in a and then she was in a short film um, based on one of my short stories. Oh no that, way! She, yeah, no. Or two? No. But I wish I was. <laughs> You're not Katie. No, oh, I'm sorry. You look so yeah. much like her. I love you too. Okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Any other questions for Francesca Leo Block? It can be about yes. your work too. Hey, Francesca. Hey. Um, so obviously I'm going to read the book and I'm really looking forward to it. 
Uh, but can you talk about time, making time right? How oh, yeah. do you dive into your writing? Like, how you, you know, how you juggle? And you have kids too, right? There's so much that you do with your teaching and maybe some social media and yeah. for other projects. And I'm in school Maybe now. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Break it down. Um, uh, like, Sweet. it's... Yeah, I mean, no, yes, I do. That's a big piece of it, right? Like, just basic basic care, basic self-care, which is not that easy for me, per se, but, like, making sure you do... You know, get your meditation app and get your, you know, do your beyond nature, have your dog therapy. I mean, <laughs> this is how I do, you know, whatever the massage, you know, whatever are the thi- the things that sustain you because you're pouring out all the time and you have to. And I'm just learning some of that stuff now because my, my, I never really learned it. My mom didn't really do it, you know, so I don't think the generation before mine particularly did that or taught so I think we have to so I don't know it's just it's just and then I'm fortunate because I'm motivated by love a lot of my work and of my students and of my of course my kids so and family and close friends so I think I think if I had to do something that I hated I there's no way but I'm fortunate to have that so I, I and then I think just very practical things you know I don't know do you set aside and time? I mean, as we're always yeah. as writers, we're always trying to figure that out, right? Of like to so set a time. To set write. time, like yeah. What's your What's your schedule? I I don't set aside time to write because it is like almost the fun part for me. Of mm-hmm. the, so I'll sometimes not prioritize it. Oh, that's cool. And then uh, and get to it because I like to do it. Uh, but uh, I don't recommend that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I recommend setting aside. <laughs> but how have you written like 100 million books? Like. A book because, a year. because it's a it's the hypergraph it's the crazy yeah. stuff you talk about right like if I'm feeling crazy then that's a relief to it so it gives me that relief but yeah it's awesome do you, another stupid question but do you outline do you know what you're gonna do when you get in uh, no, I didn't for most of the beginning of my career and now mm-hmm. I do much more and that's actually the questions that I right. write about in the book help yep. with that um, and I I think there's a balance between doing it to a degree and not overdoing it so that you take the, the life out of it right but I think it it connects but I think for sure so. How many people here are writers? Can I ask? Yeah, I want to and really raise yeah, your hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, awesome. I love her. <laughs> so, what writers' questions do we have? We have her here. Like, I'm lucky. I can call her on the phone and ask stuff. Uh, yeah, um, I have trauma about writing. I love the whole story about writing. I'm talking about. Well, what's yeah. the what's the pain? Like, what what happens in your mind? What's painful about it? Um, it's like I've had some things that were taken from me, some writing things, and stolen from me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I mean I guess it just goes for me just going back to that thing of. When you're in that place of the writing, it's it's just you and the story, and no, nothing else exists, and not the people that are you know that you're afraid might judge it or steal the idea or whatever. That can you can look at that rationally later, but this is that time. It's almost what Elgin said about like the kid playing, right? And nobody telling the kid uh, that you can't play. The person, someone saying to the kid, go for it, play, enjoy it, just just do it for you, and then later. 
you can answer all those questions. But I think if you have the impulse to do it, there's a reason. Like, I'll say this to my students. If you come up to me and you have tears in your eyes or have that certain look in your eyes that I recognize and say to me, I really want to write this. I really want to write. You wouldn't do that unless it was pretty loud in there. It was pretty, you wouldn't raise your hand in a room, you know what I mean, and say it unless it was pretty strong. So then I go, you're a writer, so just write it. I mean, I, I'm val I can validate that just by that conversation. And you know, you can see it. It's, yeah. it so um, it's, I know it's, I make it sound simpler than it is, but I do think there's just like you playing in your, you know, in your world that you get to create where right. you control everything, which is why I like it. <laughs> well, it's also the balance of also just, it's like that kind of fantastical thing and also just the blue collar of just sitting down yeah, and fucking doing it. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You just yeah. got to do it. I mean, Nike, that Nike slogan, unfortunately, is kind right. of yeah. accurate. Yeah. Or fortunately, whatever. You can't say too far up there because you'll never get it done. So it's like that balance. Yeah. 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 Yes. So, um, so a writing question, how do you organize the monster? I mean, if you like tight kind of things and you like little things and you're a child at this time and you like short, and how do you organize the monster? It's, I was talking to somebody about this earlier. Um, starting with poetry, that's how I started, then short, short, flash fiction, short stories, short novel, longer novel. So it's building blocks. Each, it starts with the word, with the sentence, with the paragraph, with the story, and then it expands. And really the, and this is a lot in the book too, but there's a basic arc to to all of those small components, and then there's an arc to the larger one. And it's, it's really quite, um, it's less mystical than I think it sounds. It's really just building it slowly from the smaller to the larger. Yeah. We have time for one more question I just heard. No pressure. Good. <laughs> it better be amazing. <laughs> Bring it, bro. Bring it. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. 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 That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, follow it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I... I think you have to be in a fairly uh, in-tune place to even know when it's, you know, communicating with you. If you can get to that place, then I think it's pretty clear to follow it. Yeah, but, do, you have, yeah. do you have a line? Do you have a relationship with your gut? Do you feel, I mean, I'm... Yeah, no, yeah. now I do. Yeah, right. But there were, there were periods in my life, if you read the book, you will see the... <laughs> relationships I was in where obviously I wasn't following what was good for me you know I was very out of body almost right, so right. so I've become I've become more so that way um, through certain practices you know through therapy through blah blah you know writing through yoga whatever meditation but I think if you can find it's it's harder for me just to, it's, it's hard to get to that place perhaps but when you're in that place I think it's pretty clear you know, now I think I'm more conscious of it. And it has helps to have people who love you say, you know, guide you in that way, right? This is how we learn from, ideally, from our parents, which we don't all get. But, like, right? Like, like so you, you, you trust them to guide you, and then you start to trust yourself. So I think that is something we can learn later in life if we don't get it at that point. Right? How do, what do you think of that? Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> no, that's it. Yeah, but you, yeah, it's hard to sometimes know, and I just know even coming out here, and my wife knows that you just I feel sick to my stomach a lot. You know, that's when you know, and especially like here in this town, and then yeah. trying to make movies, yeah. and you have to go to things, and I'd come home feeling yeah. so sick. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and other. You know what I mean? Yeah, you feel totally. like everyone else is there and you're there. And then yeah. you realize, because I had someone really smart in my life, who's just like, oh, yeah, that's wrong, so don't do that. Go do the thing that you actually yeah. care about and yeah. love. Yeah. And that and it helps to have the, the, loving, the yeah. loving person guiding you that way, right? Like, we can't yeah. always do it ourselves. And thank that's you why for we need guiding each other. us. Yeah. <laughs> we all need each other. And that's the one thing I just want to say, too, in terms of community. Like, I think, first of all, I didn't say this because I was kind of nervous and overwhelmed, but I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful to you for doing this. I really, I mean, seriously, and for everything, and for you guys for coming out, and uh, and it just means so much to me. And I want to also say that, and just the individual support you've given me in my life, um, and also I want to say like building that community of mutual support is really what we have to be doing now, especially yep. right. So I'm very, very appreciative of it. And if I can be that way for you guys in some capacity, please let me know. Well, you have well. been. That's why we're all here, right? Yeah. You have been. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah. All right. But I want to thank you for sharing everything. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you for tweeting at me that day. <laughs> thank you for letting me be part of the Weetsy Bat experience. And thank you for being my friend because I get so proud. And I feel things. I talk about not feeling things. I felt so many things reading this book. So thank, thank you, you for that. Done. You're the bomb. And thank, thank you, you guys so much. It's been great. And thank you, Skylight Books. Yeah. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.